Welcome to the Jackson Cloud. I'm Jamin. I'm Casey. And I'm Olivia. And we are on to the seven trumpets. Now, we're not going to get through all seven today. I know you're excited, but we will get through like four of them, which is the entire like chapter, the rest of chapter eight. So that's quite a bit. But then when we get into like the second half of these trumpets, like the final three, it gets a little more intense and we need more time to dissect a lot of themes that we're going on. But we've already been through the seven uh, seals on the scroll, right? And we spent a lot of time throughout them, so I just want to rewind a little bit. Every seal that was opened on the scroll, it was like more difficulty on the earth happened Mm -hmm. as a form of judgment of sorts. But the seventh seal, when that was opened, it almost seemed like that kind of gave way to the seven trumpets. Uh, the way that the Bible Project is going to kind of picture this for us is like the seven um, the seven seals are like a nesting doll. You open it up and now suddenly there's like another doll, but now it's the seven trumpets. Because when you get to the end of the trumpets, you're going to open up that one because the seventh trumpet is going to give way to the seven bowls. So like... We kind of keep getting Hold the on. same thing. How can thing. they fit bowls inside of trumpets? Why do you always have to be literal? We're in Revelation. <laughs> but you said nesting dolls, so I'm thinking literary, not literal. Uh, with with Revelation, though, well, I don't hear the difference in those words. <laughs> There's just a constant, um, a kind of like a retelling of of a similar story. You know, like the thing with the, with the nesting doll analogy. You pull out the next one and. It looks similar to the one before it, but it's different at the same time. That's kind of what goes on here is they just kind of keep giving way. And a lot of people want to read the um, the seals to the trumpets to the bulls as like a chronological progression towards something. But like I've told you guys a few times, I don't think you need to get caught up in chronology with Revelation. It's just... What what is clear at the end of like the seventh of each one of these things, the ultimate judgment happens. So you're saying the nesting dolls are outside of time and space? Nope. But I would watch that movie you just described. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, uh, they all end the same way. Like they're all things about judgment. And when you finally get to the seventh one, it's like ultimate judgment. Like new creations getting ready. So John is telling the same story three times in a row to some extent, but through different lenses. And, and, and this particular lens, he's going to press into the plagues of Egypt. So what, what do you guys remember about just the general story of Egypt, Moses, them being delivered? Like any like super important things stand out to you with all that or anything? I remember the song Deliver Us from the Prince of Egypt. Deliver us! What a, what a classic, great, one of the only good secular Christian things out there. <laughs> Granted, it takes some liberties, but still, still quality. Um, but that, I mean, that story is huge for, for Israel, though. Like, that's, yeah. in many ways, their origin story as, like, a nation... Yeah, you've got, like, the origin story of, like, we all came from Abraham, but, like, I mean, their that's story where, as to we were slaves as a nation, and then God delivered us. I mean, that's where Passover comes from, mm-hmm. is from that story. And that's what we're going into. Uh, Jesus' blood and communion 
That was a Passover meal. Uh, Jesus was literally having a Passover meal with the disciples. There's bread on the table. It represented something from Passover, but Jesus took it and said, now it represents my body. This is broken for you, right? There's lamb on the table that they would eat. Jesus, I'm sure, is staring at that carcass thinking, that's me too. You know, the wine that was on the table, he takes that and like, this used to represent Passover in such a sense, but now it represents the new Passover. It's my blood that saves you, not the blood of just a a lamb that you had back then. So, and Jesus is pictured as what throughout Revelation? A lamb. So, Passover themes are going on in the back of our head from beginning to end here. Luckily, it's lamb and it's not meat. Lamb is a type of meat. No, no, it's not. <laughs> My big fat Greek wedding. I'm quoting that. I haven't oh. seen it. You haven't oh, seen okay. it? No. My big fat it. Greek wedding too. Classic. Because they're like, oh, really? she's vegetarian? The not the... I know. The sequel's really good. I saw it twice in theaters and then bought it. Wow. That's weird. Uh, didn't, didn't we go together? We probably did, yes. <laughs> but I don't think I went twice. I only went once. Right, yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, and so the, the Exodus is a story of deliverance for God's people from their oppressors and delivered into freedom, the promised land, or in this case, the promised world, right? Um, you will inherit the earth. Uh, so with that being said, John now wants to retell all of the deliverance of God's people and retell why the world is so hardened towards God's people and retell all of the uh, difficulty and judgment that's going to be poured out on the earth, but through the lens of Passover, through the lens of, of uh, what they already know of, of the story of Egypt, their origin story. Uh, so I'll read a little bit and we'll kind of pause throughout. Seven angels who had seven trumpets prepared to blow them. The first angel blew his trumpet and there followed hail and fire. Now hail and fire, we have... Um, we have hail. Yeah, right? Uh, Moses stretched his staff out toward heaven. Lord sent thunder and hail and fire ran down to the earth. So wait, would this make it a song of ice and fire? No. Yeah, no, Exodus 9, though, it's got, it's got the hail, it's got the fire. These are plagues that Moses already did. What is new to it, though, fire and hail mixed with blood. <laughs> well, isn't blood also one of the... Uh, so the water gets turned into blood, right? Okay. But this it... is like blood falling from the sky. Well, yeah, because he's, yeah, because he's echoing the fire and hail... We're not expecting there also now to be blood because Moses didn't well, have that. Well, hail is like water. And if the water turned to blood and the hail is mixed with blood, it kind of still makes sense. Yeah, I, I guess you could take that. I do have a theory here, though. I don't know if oh. I've come across it anywhere. So I'll, I'll put out a I'm, what I'm sure is not a Jamin original. Uh, but uh, uh, mixed with blood. Where, where, did, where did all this fire come from? Like what we were just reading, an angel takes a censer with the incense in it, fills it with fire from the altar. And then threw it on the earth. And then threw it on the earth. And that, the reason that he throws it on the earth was because of uh, the prayers of the dead saints <laughs> who were saying, when will you avenge us? So 
I wonder personally if John's like, like this isn't just hail and fire. It's been amped up. And, and we always look at the blood stuff throughout Revelation. We often think of blood as like the blood of our enemies. But I find more often than not throughout Revelation, the blood is the martyrs. So what if what if the angels also that throwing makes sense. hail, fire, and the blood of the martyrs down is like a sign? Like, you wondering why we're going through these plagues? Well, you know, this blood is on your hands sort of a thing plays yeah. in there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that would be the way that I would kind of go with it. Because I do think we see uh, the blood of the martyrs mixed in in some other ways down the road in Revelation where this just becomes like the first echo of those things that are going to happen later. So that's that's what I would add in. So why is John amping it up here? Well, this is God's response this time to the uh, blood of, of his children. Uh, so hail, fire mixed with blood, and these were thrown upon the earth, and a third of the earth was burned up, and a third of the trees were burned up, and all green grass was burned up. Now, these are similar to what would have happened in um, uh, what happened with the Egypt plagues is a lot of the landscaping was affected. Farming and all that was messed up. It was part of the judgment is like, you know, now you're going to suffer from not just the plagues, but also from uh, like famine, things like that, because these are going to affect other things. I got a question. Yeah. So in green grass, is he referring to like... American lawn crabgrass. I want you to know that was my first thought as well. Yes. Was the American lawns of Or is it like grass. wild grass that sometimes grows too high and is, then becomes like... Well, you know, half... wild grass is less green. Right. How is this your first questions for both of you? Because I hate grass lawns. <laughs> because, you have, because you both don't like mowing. Right? Yes. No, because I'm allergic to grass and grass lawns Grass suck. is everywhere, Olivia. I know. I don't like mowing. That's my reason. Well, I didn't expect to answer the question, but probably inclusive of all great vegetation, as in the Exodus story, which says all the plants of the field. Okay. Is my quick faith life study Bible answer to you. So, yeah, so lots, lots of things are being affected by, by the vegetation is getting messed up. And now life is getting messed up because we can't eat. Sorry, it was problems. just the fact that it said specifically <laughs> green grass was the part that like well, green as in like good crops, you know, like healthy stuff is no longer healthy anymore. Listen, there's green grass and then there's lawn maintenance crab grass. Those are two separate things. I have onion grass in my yard, so I don't know what you're talking about. You don't have a yard. In the lack of the yard I have, it smells like onions when you cut it. It is horrible. Uh, it this... might just be wild onion. It probably is. Well, yeah. But the yeah, third, <laughs> the second angel blew his trumpet, and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea, and a third of the sea became blood. Okay, so Wait, sea becoming it, blood. You just mentioned that, right? That does happen in the mm-hmm. Exodus mm-hmm. story. So the plagues are being mirrored again. What were you going to say? Is it a mountain on fire or a volcano? That's that's also what I was thinking. Okay. A great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea. Sounds a lot like a volcano. volcano. So I'm glad you Especially guys Especially if that. the sea becomes blood. It could just be that the sea is turning red from the lava. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you guys caught it. This is where I'm starting to realize my thinking in my Bible study has become so biblically ingrained that I can't even think of common sense things anymore. Because <laughs> like my mind was like... 
In the book of Daniel, there's that statue where a great rock is picked up and tossed at it and it crashes into pieces. You know? uh, so, like, my mind instantly goes down. But, yeah, what you guys are saying with a great mountain burning with fire, obviously that could easily be a volcano. And it could be a volcano that John has already seen himself because uh, Mount Vesuvius was a, a huge deal um, back in the day. And... Uh, there are moments in John's writing where there's plenty of scholars, you know, there's a lot of the lay people who are always like, this is all to come and it's it's going to be crazy. And then there's some scholars who are like, eh, yeah, some of it, a lot of it. And then there's other scholars who are like, a lot of this already happened. Like, they're all over the map as to like, when, when. and when and what. Uh, for those who would say that this has already happened, a lot of scholars are going to point back to Mount Vesuvius. That this was uh, essentially, uh, even the Jews of their time, they, they considered Mount Vesuvius's eruption to be God judging Rome for what they had done. So it's possible that John's just kind of borrowing from um, what he's seeing around him and that some of these plagues already happened. For example, Jesus, mm-hmm. um, in Jesus's own if you were to go through Mark or Matthew, there's like an extended message about signs that are to come before Jesus returns. Mm-hmm. A huge amount of them already happened. Mm-hmm. Like the temple being destroyed. <laughs> that happened in 70 AD. That was a long time ago. And Jesus said like, you know, all these things, there's going to be rumors of wars. There's going to be uh, earthquakes, things like that. All of that happened back then. So as to what of these things um, John is referring to, as to come and what he's referring to. Hey, you remember Mount Vesuvius when that happened? That's one of the plagues of judgment that God's poured out on us. So he could be in retrospect looking at that as well. Um, but yeah, you guys hop into like a volcano that that would be pretty, pretty sensible. Um, I'm trying to find where was that volcano passage? Right here. Eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, John may be speaking of volcano or meteors. <laughs> Seems a little more extravagant. Jews viewed the unexpected eruption of Mount Vesuvius in 79 AD as divine punishment on Rome for the events of AD 70, which is when Jerusalem the, and the temple was destroyed. So something Jesus said would happen before he came back happened. Then they see the volcano as judgment on them for that. Very well, it could be that John's getting at what you guys said. And the sea became blood. I mean, you could be thinking, like you just said, lava, like that would look rather blood-like. Um, or I don't know if fish dying would turn to... <laughs> That's true. Well, there was also a lot of people that didn't get away. Yeah. And it does mention that like a third of the ships were destroyed. Mm-hmm. A third of living creatures in the sea died. So you're looking at blood there too. Um but either way, again, there's the judgment. And we keep getting to a third, a third, a third, a third, you know? It's like, uh, so it's not, it's not affecting the entire earth. Some of it is, is finding freedom from these things. Uh, but it has been amped up. I mean, like a third of the whole earth, that's a lot. You know, like these are rather large moments of judgment. Like even Sodom and Gomorrah being wiped out, that wasn't a third of the earth. That was like one city, you know? It's like this has been amped up to... To right. an extreme. And and one of the things that I wonder about, too, is isn't it a third of the angels that get kicked out of heaven? I think uh, that's right. A third of the angels fell. 
I wonder, this is me just speculating on a whim here. I wonder if since Satan turns a third of the angels against God and then they go to war with God and they get kicked out of heaven. That's in Revelation 12. We haven't gotten that far yet, but we'll do an episode on it when we get there. If that, if the idea is like a third of all of the earth has now been impacted by a third of like the heavenly beings. And if this judgment of thirds is like a almost like aimed at spiritual entities and all of the third of humans that have joined the I don't I'm just I'm just going with the flow. Here. I mean that would make sense if one third of the angels are spiritual beings, like there was no extra reserve spiritual beings. Mm. If all of the spiritual beings had some form of a claim on the earth mm. and there was no reserve, then when a third of them fell well, and we don't know how many angels have turned against God since the third fell. So, but I'm just thinking, like, is it possible with a third of the angels falling, could there be like a target towards their destruction or, or not? That's that's more just conspiracy. I'm just thinking out loud, but it's <laughs> fun to conspiracize, and Revelation does often give you the space to do that. <laughs> Uh, third angel blew his trumpet and a great star fell from heaven. What's a star in Revelation? An angel. Yep. So there's a question here. like The great star that fell from heaven could easily be Lucifer. Right. So Lucifer is the Latin name for day star. And day star comes from uh, Isaiah 14, I think, where... Daystar, Lucifer, is kicked out of heaven to the earth. And that passage is going to be used by, like, Jesus later when he says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Um, like, the idea is Jesus is working off the Lucifer, the Daystar passage, uh, that as you cast out demons, you were dethroning Satan all the more. Um, and it could be right here that John is working off Isaiah 14, pulling in the Daystar, Lucifer passages as well. Uh, that's one route to go, and I think that's the most reasonable route because we're soon going to run into Satan as, like, overseeing all the darkness here. Other other ways you could go, though, is you could just say that this is, like, a neutral angel. Not neutral, just, like, an angel following orders um, that it it falls from heaven and then affects the water because that's what happens... A great star fell from heaven, blazing like a tur- torch, <laughs> like, like a, a torch, like a torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers and the springs of water. So, the ocean water, the salt water has been messed up. Now the fresh water has been messed up, and the name of this star is wormwood. Uh, wormwood was a bitter herb in ancient times. So people are often always looking for meteors that people are going to name wormwood and waiting for <laughs> one day that's going to fall and it's going to be specifically called wormwood. First off, like, just don't name meteors wormwood. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> not, not a not a great idea. Uh, but secondly, like, I I think the intent here behind the the name is to think of what wormwood does. It's it, turning the waters bitter. Yeah. Our fresh waters are no longer drinkable. Exactly, which is what happens. A third of the waters became wormwood and the people died from the water because it had been made bitter. So the name of this angel, spiritual being, meteor, is wormwood for the sake of what it represents and what it does to the water. 
Um, but it also, it could be a meteor, right? If we're going to say like Mount Vesuvius mm -hmm. was uh, um, what he was referring to as a great mountain catching on fire, we could also speculate that John, perhaps they saw a meteor of some sort uh, hit something and that maybe, I don't know. I don't remember if we have anything really on record from that time. Or it could be a meteor to come that no one named it Wormwood. <laughs> or it could just be, since stars from heaven have always throughout Revelation so far been spiritual beings, it could be Satan uh, or it could be an angel bringing about judgment. So, not super helpful. Good guy, bad guy, or science. <laughs> I mean, if a meteor did All of strike... the above? None of the above? You, you decide. Like, if a meteor... Choose your own adventure here. If a meteor did strike the mountain, Rocky Mountains, mm. and was able to, like, poison the water that comes from there, that would flow into the rivers and things, it could mm. hit a lot of people that way. Yeah, I mean, we know in general, like, if a meteor hits the earth and it's even, like, just decently sized like we're screwed right like yeah. it was not good dinosaurs things like that you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so we know like that's a serious like a third of the earth being affected by it like we're talking something serious um but is it spiritual is it scientific kind of hard to tell based on what john's doing did it already happen is it going to happen hard to tell based on what john's doing but it is a form of judgment is the way that John is, is seeing it regardless. Uh, and then our final uh, plague angel, the fourth angel blew his trumpet and a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon, a third of the stars. So a third of their light might be darkened and a third of the day might be kept from shining and likewise a third of the night. So things are getting dark, which Jesus himself had mentioned um, I'm just wondering how that would happen as a third of the sun just poof, like... Well, even scientifically, well, it really like messes with us. is like my first thought. Mm. Right, like but... A solar eclipse, lunar eclipse, and star eclipse. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> you I don't know. I, I, we need Neil deGrasse Tyson here to explain this. One. The only thing I could think of is if like a big meteor struck the moon and broke up the moon into small rocks that were still floating out there. And it was hollow inside? And there was robots. <laughs> no. What? Sorry, we saw a weird movie recently. <laughs> no, what? basically, like these rocks would float out there, block the moonlight, block the sunlight, and block the starlight, because there's rocks just like forming, an a rock atmosphere. On top of the Earth is the only way I could think that being plausible. Okay, well, think of this, because this was a plague is where people woke up and it was utter darkness. Do you remember this? Wouldn't uh, that just be like a cloud eruption? <laughs> they woke up and there was darkness over land, darkness to be felt. So Moses stretched out his hand toward heaven. There was pitch darkness in all the land of Egypt. Three days. They did not see one another, nor did anyone rise from his place for three days. So I don't know how bad they're pollution was back in Egypt. I have a hard time believing no, no, if it was like an eruption. carbon emissions were quite as high as ours. No, no, what if it was like an eruption like when Mount St. Helen went off? Then I think they'd all be dead. No, no, like... No. From breathing in the cloud for three days? No, it was too high to come down. It was in the jet stream. But it was still thick enough to where it made, like, the north 
side of the U.S. lay dark for a couple days. Just pitch black, can't even see you next to me right now. No, no, it wasn't that dark. But that's how dark it was. In Egypt. I know, but that's <laughs> that's the only thing I could think of is Mount St. Helens and the cloud cover that happened. Yeah, well, I mean, so a few things that are helpful here is some of the plagues of Egypt are actually like uh, spiritual warfare. I know it sounds weird. But, like, think of the Egyptians. They worshipped all kinds of gods, including Ra, who is the sun god, right? Right. So, when the sun doesn't show up like it does every day, when Ra is reincarnated yet again to come around the cosmos after going through the... uh, Actually, it gets really gross if I explain this, so I can't do it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Anyways... When this Yahweh God that Moses has been talking about does something and Ra doesn't show up for three days, what does that communicate to Egypt? Ra's if dead. Their, their Ra's God dead, is dead either dead or too scared yeah. of this God. Or at the very least, what would have been super clear is Yahweh is greater than Ra, right? Yeah. So that would have been some of the communication there. Now, Jesus said when he uh, is coming back one of the things that will happen is like the sky will be rolled up like a scroll everything will be shaken and even like celestial objects will fall now that's that's communicating more than just like science for ancient people like jesus is saying like even the spiritual beings that have been solidified in heaven will meet judgment and fall apart so when we get to this crazy moment right here where it's not just Ra didn't rise up today, but it's like a third of the stars are gone, which is going to later, uh, Revelation 12 again, right? A third of the angels, which are stars in Revelation, leave with Satan to fight against God. So those angels have been judged, a third of the angels, a third of the sun, a third of the moon, a third of the stars, like... This this would be a pretty big statement about the spiritual realm is is being judged alongside of we need stars to be able to tell what time it is, what season it is, uh where north and south are, you know, all these different kinds of things. So humanity's suffering at the same time. So this is a pretty crazy, pretty crazy moment. But the Bible's showing judgment not just on the earthly realm, but the spiritual realm as well. And then I looked and heard an eagle crying with a loud voice as it flew directly overhead. What's an eagle voice sound like? (laughs) Wow! (laughs) Wow! I'm imagining more like the eagles from Lord of the Rings. What do they sound like? I can't do it. It's too high. It's too high for me too. I'm not even going to try. Well, these eagles scream out, this eagle screams out, whoa, whoa, whoa. To those who dwell on the earth at the blast of the other trumpets, and three angels are about to blow. So if this has been bad, an eagle itself becomes sentient. <laughs> it tells you it's about to get way worse. Now, if that happened to us today, what kind of um, things would we be injecting onto an eagle talking to us? What are you smoking? <laughs> Number one. Well, sure. Okay. All right. But then what? Um, symbolically, am I dreaming? Sure. And then, so let's say an eagle pecked a certain president, (laughs) and the whole world decided 
<laughs> this was bad news for America, right? <laughs> so imagine if an eagle flew over America and became sentient. It's like, whoa! <laughs> like, you would feel a certain symbolic yeah. gesture here. Like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> My... My point is not that this is about America and eagles, though all <laughs> nations become a Babylon. Um, my point is, what was my point? I don't it's know at eagle. this point. I just uh, you went to talking eagle at this point in Muppets, so I started thinking of the talking eagle from Muppets. That's what yeah, it went that to. guy's the worst. But he's awesome. So I might be wrong about this because I'm not pulling it up right away. But I think. Uh, an eagle, I thought, was also like a, a symbol of Rome. So It was, yes. Was it? Yeah. Okay. So, first off, Rome is the persecutors here, right? <laughs> Imagine that your national bird flies over you and says, Whoa! <laughs> In the same way, we would be a little jarred by that. Because it's our national bird, too. As though we just naturally wanted to be a Babylon. <laughs> uh uh, that probably would have been jarring to Rome. So that could be one route we go with John here. But another route is one route that we've gone before. Remember how uh, throughout the Bible, sometimes we just interject um, the things of other gods onto our God to say that our God is better, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and John has done that possibly with Zeus throughout Revelation. Remember we okay. come across that? An eagle was Zeus's bird that communicated things on his behalf. So it's possible that once again, just as John has just like, yeah, Zeus is crap and God is the real like God of gods. You know, Zeus isn't the God of gods. Yahweh is the God of gods. And John will just sometimes interject Yahweh over things that belong to Zeus. I feel like the dove, the dove would have still been a better choice for modern We day. really only have the dove show up as um, descending on Jesus. Right. Like we use the sim symbolatry of doves with the Holy Spirit constantly, but there's one passage. And it's possible <laughs> because in Greek, in Greek mythology, like the dove represented kind of like a messenger spiritual being too. So it's possible that they were borrowing from other Greek stuff to come up with the, the, the dove, dove. symbol there as well uh, anyways Zeus isn't the real God God's the real God God's the one sending out the eagle, eagle the eagle not Zeus uh, and that's where we'll wrap up for today because the next three trumpets they do extend to a higher degree but you have seen already like these trumpets are in the general direction of plagues John is Retelling the seven seals now through an Exodus story. At the trumpet call. Listen, I refrained this entire episode. Okay. I was just putting it at the end. That way it was at the end and we were all good. We're just saying something. This was one of our longer episodes, but we did cover four trumpets instead of one seal per episode. So, yeah, yeah you can applaud that. You're welcome. No, no, that's for seal. Oh. Seal. Seal. <laughs> and with that. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe down below. And join us on the Discord. Love to see you there. I love you. <laughs>